Gordon? Welcome, Jubilee Street freaks, to Jubilee Street, a music podcast. I mean, you're Curtis. telling me this is Jubilee Street. I showed I'm up joined. here to find Ian McCurtis. <coughs> oh, I'm joined with Jake Curtis, who just he's coughing up his lungs from <coughs> trying to cut a wrestling promo. Uh, joined by, of course, Blue the Inter Dog, Buffy the HR Dog. The whole gang's here, and today we are uh, continuing our Grinderman Summer, and we we're talking Summer. about the titular song Grinderman by Grinderman. There was a podcast named Jubilee Street, a music podcast hosted by Jake and Ian. No more bullshit, like cut to the shit. This is quality podcast. No more bullshit, like cut to the shit kind of guy. Like, I'm the kind of person that's going to find you at the party and, you know, ask you those big questions for better or Mm -hmm. for worse. And I just want to cut to the big question here. And I listened to this song, really enjoyed it. Uh, I kind of just chose it on a whim. I thought ending it on the titular Grinder Man would be, you know, kind of poetic to end our, our Grinder Man summer as we are moving into, you know, still going to be hot for a month or two, but we are kind of moving out of summertime and it feels like fall is coming and, you know, pumpkin I can spice is hear, here. Like, so, you know, I can already hear like Davy Havoc in the back of my head. Um, you know, fall is coming for all the Game of Thrones fans out there. Did I get that reference right? I think so. Fall is oh, coming. That's what they always it's, say. It's winter. It's winter, oh, winter is, coming. is coming. That's what it is. Yeah. Winter's a character from Game of Thrones, I think. Yes. Uh, P- Professor Winter. Um, played by, or it's it's actually Edgar Winter plays the role as well. So it's Ed, Ed, mm. Professor Edgar Winter, the musician, the musician. Weird. Yeah, I don't know how they pulled him. Anyway, the audience is wanting me to ask the question. I'm sure. Is this another Grinderman song that you don't like? I ask because I feel like I always pick the songs that you, and I a lot of times I just pick random songs. You know, I might see a title that I like. You know, this podcast could be someone's first, so I'll just say that you know. The dynamic of this podcast kind of changed a little bit when we pivoted to doing, you know, more music and not just covering like Nick Cave and Warren Ellis and like Bad Seeds adjacent stuff. But it began with me kind of being the Nick Cave newbie and Ian's kind of our resident sage, you know. Um, He smells good, like the spice, uh, but he's also a sage. He's got that sagely wisdom. So am I accurate? Is this one of your least favorite Grinderman songs, mid-tier, or do you love this song? Probably mid-tier. I mean, I definitely like it more than... What was the one we did a couple weeks ago? I said it was my least favorite. I'm, I'm drawing a blank now. Either way. It's, I think I like, it was Grinderman too. I like this song, but I will say I think it's like an interlude. Yes, it goes into the next song pretty well. Yeah, I, I feel like this is like an album cut. Like if you're just like in the car and you got mm-hmm. 15 minutes and you're going to throw on a couple grinder man songs, this isn't one you're going to yeah. pick, but like on the album, it serves a purpose. To me, I, when I heard this song, I heard it in a slow crawl, like the beginning of star Wars. 
Thoughts? Mm. Yeah, you can make a, a a lyric video like that. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe instead of and space is the background, it's like a, a '70s porn movie, and then you have the Star Wars uh, crawl over it with the lyrics. And then instead of like you know maybe Nick and Warren do an alternative version where it's got some like wah pedals and you know those sort of like porno sounds from like Boogie Nights mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just watched Boogie um, Nights a couple days ago, so I'm, I'm in the zone. Does that does that uh, does it hold up for you? Yeah, I just watched it for the first time a couple years ago, and then I just wanted to rewatch it the other day, so I did. <clears throat> Great movie. So this is kind of a tangent, but. There's a shot in that movie that I feel like he almost directly replicated in Licorice Pizza. And it also has John C. Riley in the foreground of both shots. And so, you know, that pool scene where Dirk comes out the back with Burt Reynolds and then you kind of see that not quite like a panoramic shot, but the, ca- the way the camera moves feels very like it's orbiting the pool. And then there's a shot in Licorice Pizza where... Um, the what's convention that ca- or whatever. What's the- the convention center, and then they do the same kind of shot there. So I thought that was really mm. cool. But yeah, dude. so boogie boogie nights. Dude made oh, that no, movie ahead. when he was twenty six years old. It's crazy. Yeah the the ending of boogie nights is not very good, but everything else about it is really good. Yeah, the ending feels kind of unnecessary, but like it's what I would have done in my mid twenties. Like I would have wanted to be as like dramatic as possible. It's funny that. Um, Thomas Jane is in that movie. I feel like I haven't seen him in anything in years. Um, he was our first Punisher. Our first Punisher, and he was in Arrested Development season three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love those episodes. Uh, he's playing like a homeless person, and he's like a method actor. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, yeah, you don't um, see him too much. But um, anyway, so this song just kind of got me thinking, like, when we think of Grinder Man... We think of Nick Cave with the mustache. That's Grinderman. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, hmm. The way that this song feels, it makes me wonder if Grinderman isn't a person but more like a chupacabra, a Bigfoot, an elusive sexual force of nature. Because this song is so... It just feels like the sort of timbre and rhythm of like a mattress squeaking, you know, a headboard hitting the wall. And then they have that very kind of controlled like guitar, you know, feedback that comes in and there's a little bit of a kind of just a messy like like flopping around on the fretboard. And then the song kind of returns back to that rhythmic like pulsating Mm-hmm. You know, no drums. It's mo- it's just guitar. Sturdy. It's you know, absolute unit. And I don't know. I just started to think like, is Grinder Man in all of us? And if so, it's always that he's in in us. You know, like he always has to go into something. <laughs> and I just kept thinking about like how. <clears throat> Sure, the porno, the but the porno backdrop seems too convenient. I feel like Grinder Man is saving people as like a superhero, and you know, there's some woman who's depressed and she's like, "I need you, Grinder Man, I need you," and he's like, "Don't worry, I'm coming in." And <laughs> you know, you get you hear that little like, 
like the the feedback and you know it just it, it just it's I mean it's obviously very sexual and but it also makes me wonder this is Grinderman a consensual lover you think because so much I promise I'll I'll, I'll give you back the micro, microphone so much of Nick Cave's narrators and characters are they evoke that like rape imagery and I wonder you know where Grinderman sits in that I I, I kind of feel how you feel but maybe with some added context I, I feel like you know we like the writer Grant Morrison a lot who does a lot of like metatextual things where they'll like refer to their own career and their work and I feel like Grinderman is all to me it's almost saying Nick Cave's saying like the bad seeds is mythological like a chupacabra like staggerly is not a real person staggerly is like a metaphor staggerly is a myth yes all these a lot of these songs and these characters are like representative of the human condition and then grinder man is like someone who lived their life thinking they were that and now they're realizing they're just like mortal they're just a person yeah well that would that would make sense with the um the time that this album was released in Nick's life and it's like the midlife crisis album, I think is kind of what it's been popular, popularized as, um, as, as far as like, is grinder man consensual? I don't know. I almost feel like grinder man's like, like looking back on his life and he's like, I fucked all these women, not even women. I fucked all these people. And, I thought I was this, like, sexual force, but maybe I was creepy. It almost makes me think, of, like, do you ever think about yourself as, like, a teenager and, like, you're just like, fuck, I did some creepy shit to girls I liked because I didn't know how to, like, express myself. Yeah. I, I feel like Grinder Man's, like, a middle-aged guy just being, like, I'm kind of a creep. I actually, I have a story about that uh, that's kind of, like, reminiscent of that. I hung out with this group when I was around like 24, 25, and it was like a lot of dudes, but there would occasionally be like some women that would come over and, you know, some of them would be dating one of the guys, but a lot of times they would just be like, you know, part of the, they were just part of the friend group. And there was, there were two girls in particular that I, and I was like, I had just gotten out of a relationship. I was drinking. So I was just like, you know, I would just like kind of like follow them around at parties and like just put myself like near them so I could like talk to them. And there was one time in particular where there was this girl who was sitting on the couch and I just kept like inching a little bit closer and closer to her on the couch. So I was like sitting closer to her. And I remember thinking in the moment, like, what the hell am I doing? But I felt like so yeah. like, and this girl had like, flirted with me at a bar at the bar the night before and like kind of she kind of had this like energy that was kind of aggressive like she 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 like dug her nails into my back at this bar once and I just felt like there was kind of this like spark but it didn't feel like it was ever going to be anything but I I I remember those like creepy like overstay your welcome kind of things you know what I mean yeah I I feel like I mean, when I was in, like, middle school, I was very, like, couldn't talk to girls. But then, I feel like I was always able to. 
and I was even if I liked a girl, I was able to like express that, but I was never able to do it with like confidence. It would be like, you know, if you if you like me, maybe you know, just <laughs> real like dopey, and that's just like not attractive. And I'd always be like, why? You know, I feel like we were hitting it off, and then like what happened? And I was never able to like uh, express desire in like a confident way. It always just like, well, maybe we, you know. No confidence. I know that feeling all too well. And then I'm like, well, that probably just comes off too, like, come on too strong. Like, yeah, just, you don't realize it till years later and you're just like, I was a loser. You know what? I think everybody's kind of a loser. I, when Haley and I were sort of first like hooking up and like hanging out, I had like no context of like, you know, like we weren't dating and there was one day where I like my my car I, my car wasn't nearby and it was really hot and I didn't want to leave so I like hung out in her house for like five hours like while she was like getting ready for work and like trying to like have her day and I remember she like didn't talk to me or like respond to my text for like a day or so and then I texted her and I said hey was it weird that I was like kind of just hanging out too long yesterday and she's like yeah it was really weird like you should have left. I didn't want to be rude, but you were just kind of like, you know, you just assumed you could be in my space. And, you know, at the time we weren't, this was really fresh. So it was like, she's like, why is this guy like... She's being, she's being honest. Yeah. Um, Brutal honesty. And, you know, it just kind of made me realize that like, just because you like have sex with somebody or like you can't, you can't just, you can't just assume that you have all these like privileges. Like you have to you have to have that distance, you know, like you can't just like, uh, like I was such a late bloomer that I jumped into it so late that I, you know, I be kind of became like the anti grinder, man. I was just like, you know, I'm just going to stay here and like eat your chips. And then, you know, eventually I'll get the hint and head out. And I, until then, I'm just going to watch trailer park boys and smoke weed on the couch, <laughs> you know? There's no context. You don't, yeah, the, you don't have, you don't, you know, you, you have to make those mistakes in order to learn. Like, it's just what it is. Well, when you're a kid, or at least me, I thought sex was like, that's like the deepest intimacy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I thought. And then you realize, like you said, like living with someone, hanging out on the couch for five hours, like that's being in a shared intimacy. space with someone, that's like real intimate. I mean, that's more intimate than. I mean, I've been more intimate with you, like living with you. Than, I mean, there's people I've had sex with that I had less intimate moments with. Mm-hmm. You know, like living with someone is a lot more intimate. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't, when I was a kid, I didn't know that. I was just like, oh, sex is like the ultimate intimacy. That's what I thought too. And I, I feel like sex is not really that intimate as I've gotten older. It, it It's exciting and fun, but it's it's like the real intimacy. It can be, but it's like, yeah. it has to be like earned. Yeah, It's not just exactly. inherently intimate and a lot of times it's just like that's kind of grinder man right he's like man i fucked or i fucked around so much and i'm always here if you need me you know just look out look up to the look look up to the sky and look for my emblem and it's just like a giant dildo in the sky <laughs> a, a dildo you know I mean? with like grinder man's like go ahead grinder man's like i'll have sex with you but i'm not gonna don't expect anything more than that i mean no pussy blues he's just like okay i'll do all this bullshit but like i just want to have sex He's done with like the, the pomp and circumstance. He just wants to like get it in and get it out, you know. Yeah, I just wanna. He's just like I just wanna fuck, and then I wanna go back home and 
watch a movie. Play my guitar oh. shaped like a dildo. Yeah. That's why the guitar tone is so, like, sloppy, because they just, like, put a, some guitar strings on a giant, like, 18-inch dildo and, like, hollowed out the ball sack at the bottom. The suction cup was really what yeah. it is. They were like, watch watch this, Prince. You got a weird-shaped guitar. Look at what you know, I never knew this, but dildos, for the most part, have, like, a suction cup at the bottom so that you can, like, stick them onto surfaces so you can, like, get fucked from different angles. I never knew that. Stick it onto your wall or something. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Just pretend your wall is your boyfriend or girlfriend, you know? Stick it onto the subway car. If you want to get pegged on the subway, you can suction cup it to the subway. I wouldn't recommend it. Stick it on the bus while you're going to work. Make sure it's not the school bus or you'll get a, a public indecency charge at least. Mm-hmm. Um, Grinder Man made that mistake. This episode's probably going to be a lot of tangents because it's, it's just like a droney song. My sister is convinced that there's some sort of magical uh, A word I, I don't want to say in front of Jake going on with school buses where she's convinced that when you get on a school bus, there's like two kids on the left, two kids on the right in an aisle, yeah. you know, she's convinced that that's, that's a width that's wider than a, a, a car than a road lane is. That, like, the lane of a road shouldn't be wide enough to allow for all that space. And there's something magical and wonky going on with school buses. That they're wider on the inside than they are on the outside. Thoughts? Uh, yeah. That just sounds like Mallory's full of shit. <laughs> what kind of... What is... I don't even know what she's talking about. Where did that thought come from? Was she, was she like, watching The Sopranos and she was like, huh, buses must be... Ma- like, must use alchemy. Oh, shit. They're coming for me. I didn't want to say it. Uh, uh, yeah, I was like, did, did you read House of Leaves? And she was like, no. And I was like, I don't know where this is coming from. So wait, let me make sure I get this straight. So she thinks that school buses are like a magical anomaly because they fit two lanes of people inside a vehicle. And, a, and she's saying that a lane on a road should not be able to hold that many people. Yeah, she's saying, like, sometimes when I'm driving in my car, she was like, I feel like the lane is really narrow, and I don't have that big of a car. Does she know what depth perception is? <laughs> and she was like, how could a school bus be wide enough to have two kids on each side in an aisle? Oh, my gosh. I wish I, I could was... come to family dinner and roast her about that. That is, like, one of the silliest thoughts I've ever heard. But it's funny. So I need to I need to break into a, a bus depot with her with, like, a measuring tape and get to the bottom of this. I think she just thinks school buses are way bigger than they are. They're not that big. Like four adults could not fit. Four adults could not fit in one row on a school bus. No, yeah, no. I, I would demand one seat. Did you ever see a chaperone sitting next to a kid on a school bus during field trips? I don't even remember, but probably. Yeah, you, you. you wait, we're, what are we talking about? This is is this a podcast about school know, buses? I don't know, what is this uh, like Infowars? I don't know where that came from. We were talking about putting dildos on school buses, and that's kind of where we got. Oh, that's what made me think of school buses. Isn't it? So there you go. Isn't Mallory. it weird that it's called a dildo? I feel like I'd rather call it like a protuberance, or like a a plumbus. A plumbus. Yeah, like those are better words than a dildo. I feel like a dildo just sounds like a bird or like a a mythical creature, you know. It's just a, it's just a yeah, prosthetic maybe we'll, dick. Maybe we'll get into the uh, the merch game with 
with dildos and we'll find our, our own new word for it. <laughs> Did you see that uh, they're making Fucktown flags? You should buy one. What's Fucktown? Fucktown is, you don't know what Fucktown is? It's no. the ch- It's like the chop thing that they formulated in uh, Owl's House in Crisis Zone. Oh, okay. They're making Fucktown fu- flags. Okay. They would be so good for your wall. I, I want one. I just have nowhere to put it. <clears throat> Maybe I can convince Haley to let me get it, and I'll frame it and put it above our bed. <laughs> Did you see Frank Ocean's making cock rings? Yeah. Baller move. I... It's a baller move. I've, tr- I've tried wearing those before, and I don't think I don't think that my dick is big enough to comfortably wear one. They pinch my balls. Well, if you ch- you try to Frank Ocean solid gold one, it's probably a thousand. No, because I can't wear metal on my dick. My my body will break out. I'm allergic to cheap metals. Oh, come on, Frank. Come on, Frank. All right, Frank. If you're out there, make me a wooden one, and you can send it to PO Box nine two 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 two. Uh, paw print. You know he avenue. could in that that endless uh, music video. Mm-hmm. It's just him like working in a workshop. So I'm sure. He so could. that'll be the the new like sh- like interpretive film released before Homer. It'll just be Jake's cockering, and I'll be in there talking to Frank. Like, you know, <laughs> here's the width, here's the diameter. Do you need the radius? <laughs> and he's like doing math, you know. And it's it's like that it's like that meme of that lady with all the math equations. And she's like. I'm talking about. I mean, I would kill for this to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Grind- if you Grinderman would approve of this episode so far. This is, you know, if, as we've gone through Grinderman summer, mm-hmm. I think we have now peaked at the most Grinderman. This episode. is the most Grinderman episode. And if you love this episode, uh, tweet out hashtag uh, Frank Ocean so Grinderman. Hashtag Frank Ocean makes Jake Wooden Cochran. 2020. Hashtag Frank Ocean. We love you. I can't. I can't think of another one, but. Uh, yeah, this is this is good. This is good stuff. This is quality podcasting. And for our resident, uh, you know, we have a, a, a person that listens to this podcast a lot. And he once told me that, you know, he loves the podcast so much that he's become a podophile. A little bit of uh, some dark Ooh. humor there, you know, some dark humor. Yeah. Um, you know, what's weird is I feel like in general, Americans are more offensive than most other cultures, uh-huh. you know. But in England, they just throw around pedo as like an insult, mm-hmm. like it's nothing. Like, <laughs> you're a fucking pedo. Like in America, we would never just call someone we're mad at a pedophile. That's mm-hmm. like below the belt. Well, it, it is England, becoming like that with just with people. Like everybody just thinks everyone's a pedophile now. Um, I, my favorite recent trend of the like conservative right like getting it wrong is uh, marjorie taylor green has these like defund the fbi shirts which i think is just like peak ignorance and hypocrisy from them because they're like so pro cop and then they're they're like basically saying defund the police when you say defund the fbi it's like it's the same fucking thing you goddamn idiots i've seen a lot of funny uh yeah like videos where it'll be like a socialist activist saying defund the police and then a right-wing person from, like, yesterday being, like, defund the police. Yeah, it's great. And It's like, are we on the same side? You know, if... On the same side for different If you want to get the story trending, uh, hashtag Marjorie Taylor Greene fucked Grinderman. Tweet that out. 
because you know she did because she's like she's anti-gay marriage but she's definitely cheated on her husband with grinder man so hashtag marjorie Taylor green cheated on her husband with grinder man i would love um you know those like a24 podcasts where they get like you know yeah. interesting people together marjorie taylor green and nick cave in conversation <laughs> what would that be like i don't know honestly like Nick's turned into such a nice man that they'd probably find a way to connect. I, I feel like these like popular like these people who get elected to Congress, they they like she sells merch. I looked at her Instagram page once, and they're basically touring artists. Like she makes these. Oh, it's all performative. Like I bet she, I bet she's a Tim and Eric fan. Yeah, I I really really feel like. There's so many of these people, and I'm not saying she's not dangerous. Like, this is a fucked up person. Like, if you are willing to say these things, even if there's a potential that you're just doing it for money and whatnot, I don't think that she is. But I think, like, the fact that you are so morally bankrupt that you're like, I'm going to sell a T-shirt about this bullshit for, you know, $30 and then a $10 shipping charge, and y'all are going to buy this because you like my hate-fueled bigotry you got a lot of you got a lot of fucking i don't want to say balls because i feel like that's not a ballsy move it's just a dick move speaking of dicks i mean it it just what it instantly makes me think of is just televangelists who are all like secretly you know fucking men behind the scenes uh, uh, the, the, the the transgender porn on my uh laptop was for research only well, did you see, um, speaking of Grinder Man, well, let's just go all in here. So I saw uh, Pornhub, I guess, puts out like an annual survey of like different stuff. Yeah, I love these. I can't and wait to hear this. I, so I saw on Reddit, uh, they did a study on who searches for transgender porn mm-hmm. the most. And when they searched that keyword, it's like California, it's like liberal areas. Yeah. But then when they add in offensive terms like shemale and... I don't know any any other tra- like kind of offensive term. It becomes the reddest parts of the country watch the most transgender mm-hmm. porn, like to a T. They overlay the two maps. The most Republican areas watch the most trans. Let's let which I thought was fascinating. I think this is very much on theme with Grinder Man, but like let's just get it out in the open. Like, why are people pretending that a woman with a penis? isn't the most, the be, the best possible situation you could be in. <laughs> you <laughs> know what I'm saying? Say. Like, you, you get, like, I'm real, and I, 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 this is all said in humor. I'm not trying to be insensitive at all, but, like, pretend that that's not the best possible scenario for your love life. Like, you've, you've got all the body parts that you need to be sexually fulfilled, and, you know, if you're not a total prude, penises can be pretty attractive looking. They're pretty. So it's like you get, you know, let's just hashtag, you know, hashtag transgender porn. You know, like if you're into that, don't fucking be hateful. Just like it because it's an okay and awesome thing to like. Yeah, it's so funny to me that all that's what all Republicans watch. I mean, that's what Pornhub's telling you, and I believe them. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, there is probably some kind of like deep, deep self-hatred that goes into being able to like, I just, 
<laughs> the hypocrisy of these times is insane. Like, if there weren't so much shame around, like, being gay and, like, all of these, like, it's just, just fucking, like, like what you like, get consent, have sex with who you want to have sex with, like, stop fucking with these kids' heads and making them feel like they need to hate themselves or hate other people and, you know. Well, I think the danger, like, we're running into America right now is, like, we're so, like, unable to be open about who we are that things that are taboo mm -hmm. become sexy yeah. to us, which is why you see, like, incest porn is so popular yep. right now because people are so afraid to be like Grinder Man. Just be like Grinder Man and just accept you like what you like. Man, People are so, like, closed off into, like, taboo that all of a sudden they get off on, like, thoughts of fucking their siblings. Because yeah. they're afraid to just, like, be open. I mean, let's be honest. Like, if you are having thoughts of fucking your siblings, like, in real life, that's probably a little weird. But, like, uh, you know, don't do that. But, like... I feel like if you're watching the porn, it's probably going to fuck with your head a little bit. But I guess that you're, if you're not hurting anybody, then just fucking... If that's what if that, that's what gets you off. I've noticed that there's a lot of, like, porn categories with, like, stepmom. Have you noticed this? That's, like, a big category. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, the most... That was, that was also, like... It was this big Reddit post with all these, like, stats, and that was also, like... That is, like, by far the most Fa popular shit in America. Fascinating. Right? The, and, and it's always, like, something, like, you know, I get home from school late and my stepmom's waiting for me and she jacks me off or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm just, like... But, again, I think it's, I think it's these, like, right-wing people that are so repressed yeah. that the most taboo thing becomes sexy. And what's more taboo than, like, incest? Exactly. Right? Other than, like... Fucking bestiality, I guess, which you can't legally watch. Yeah, um, no hashtags for bestiality. Uh, that is not a platform with which Jubilee Street supports. Um, Y'all can take that. Grinderman might be a different story, but we're we're not the seventies were a different time for Grinderman. Um, the we're gonna, you know, what, let's just move on. Let's, you know, what I'm getting a memo from Buffy, the HR dog. She's like, guys, you know, Grinderman. Oh, this is gonna guys, be. A this week is going to be a nightmare. Grinderman has already, apparently already, like, he knows we're talking about him. Like, you know, wherever he is, there's pale moonlight somewhere, and there's, like, silver rain. And he's, like, <laughs> looking down from the rooftops, and he's like, you motherfuckers, you won't put bestiality on my name again. I fought that lawsuit. Um, but, yeah. We're gonna have to give uh, we're gonna have to give Buffy a, a nice vacation after Grinder. What do you want? Where do you think she wants to go? The dog park in Florida, maybe. She uh, she mentioned anything? What do six dogs, paws over Brooklyn or something? Dogs love. I think Buffy would love an amusement park because dogs love smells. And what has more smells than like Disney World? Or yeah, something? I took Blue to a new park the other day, and she fucking couldn't stop smelling shit. She was like her. I felt like her nose was gonna fall off. Her, her she was like. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Maybe like a state fair, all the fried food smell in there. Oh my gosh. Dogs uh, love you know what I think? I think it would be like a place where it's a dog park. You can run around. There's plenty of water. And then there's just like bowls of like steak and chicken. And then they can just eat as much steak and chicken mm -hmm. as they want. You know, like that, like kind of how you got, you guys give Bubby like a McDouble. Did I call her Bubby or Dub? dub what did I? You called her Bubby. <laughs> oh shit. My microphone clips. Let me turn the gain down. Like when you, 
That's what our country folk. Bubby. That's what country folk call their uh, brothers. I lost my. Like, I lost Bubby some of my here. teeth. Hey, Bubby. Bye. Get over here. Like that's what you would call Jeff if you were from hey, the Ma? country. You'd be like, oh, my Bubby Jeff. My Bubby Jeff. Yeah. Shout out Buffy. We we owe you a McDouble and a. You know a. Fucking martini on the beach. I think I think I got her a chicken sandwich. Chicken this sandwich year. from McDonald. I think so. I don't remember where from. Now, Buffy's family is currently intertwined in that uh, multi-million dollar marijuana ring that just got busted in Indiana, right? <laughs> uh, and, and J-Town. No, it was right by your That's parents' house. It was behind crazy. Stony Brook Theaters. Dude, that makes me wonder if... It might have been on your street for all I know. It said it was behind Stony Brook Theater, which is directly where you that grew up. wild. Yeah. I wouldn't... You know what? Wouldn't doubt it. That'd be really funny if my dad was still alive to see that happen. Crap. I know it wasn't your house. I know it wasn't Seth's house. No, yeah. I, I don't. I didn't know the guys, but I, I wonder... I should ask Jeff if he happened to, like, ever run into those guys. Like, I'm sure he hadn't, but I'd be interested to see if he had. I don't think they lived there long because they, they lived in, like, Valley Station PRP oh, area. Oh, okay, okay. For a long yeah, time. Yeah, crazy. Crazy story. Uh, our condolences to Buffy. Hopefully, her family gets through this. And then we then we find out. I just hope the cops don't pull. Yeah, her. I was going to say. Then we find out that Jubilee Street, uh, all our audio files. It's not a good look for an HR yeah, exactly. person. Exactly. We're going to have to hire um, maybe Bubby, the intern, the <laughs> HR dog will take over for Buffy. But anyway, Grinderman. Anything else you got there for Grinderman? Where do you stand on uh, two foot songs like this, like interlude kind of droney tracks like this? I feel like we, with each year, move further and further away from like listening to albums, and this is very much a song that only works if you're listening like to an entire album. Yeah. I, do you find songs like this boring? So do you I like started it? to have this thought where I want to change up how I prepare for these podcasts because what I usually do, you know, unless we're doing like a draft episode or something or where we're co- we do happen to cover an entire record, I feel like I just listen to the song we're going to talk about. I don't listen to the, in- to the song before it or the one after it. And I felt like with this one, I, I did the same thing, but I kept thinking that this feels like something else is going to happen in the next song. And I wish, you know, can't, you know, no takesies, backsies, but in the future I can do this. I think that it would have made more sense to listen to maybe the first half of the record, you know, just to see how this is sitting in the sequencing of the album. I think as a song, it doesn't, it, I think it only stands out in the fact that, that I know of, this is the only self-referential, like, Grinderman song. And where they're like kind of constructing this like vibe and mood for like who Grinderman is, what he thinks about, what he says. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's like this is kind of the Grinderman message. Like I'm open late. I'm always here seven days a week. I'm always available. Like, you know, he's ready to go anytime you just call him. Grinderman will show up. And it reminded me a lot musically of The Doors. Like I kept, I could hear organ kind of pounding along underneath this track. That drony quality really works in its favor and makes it interesting. But I do think that like, as far as like interlude tracks like this go, they're hard to talk about, you know, like the ideas that I had were mostly like, 
Grinderman feels like Batman in the song. It feels like the intro to something, you know, bad or maybe something good or both that's going to happen. Uh, what do you think? I think you've brought up the doors a couple of times during this, like, Grinderman uh, stretch we've been on. And I've never, I've never noticed it before, but it's a really great comparison because they share so many qualities. Like, I wouldn't call the doors a punk band, but a lot of things... The Doors do a lot of things that punk music does as far as this, like, mixture of, of artsiness with, like, sort of, like, carnal There's desire. a lot of Danzig in this, thing too. That's the same thing doing. M- makes me think of Danzig. Yeah, and I mean, I think vocally, Danzig... Elvis is his main influence, I'm sure, but Jim Morrison's probably right up there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it all it all adds up, everything you're saying. Theory, theory and here. Do you... Well, no, you finish what? your thought, because this will be kind of a... No, tell me so, your theory. We all know that Nick Cave loves Elvis, you know. In the Ghetto was the first Bad Seed single. It's no surprise, like, vocally, he's got that deep baritone. He's trying to imitate that. One of the questions that I would ask Nick Cave if we ever interviewed him or got to just ask him some questions, you know, at an event or something would be, what are your favorite Elvis songs and what's your favorite Elvis album? You know, I'd be really curious about that. But it makes me wonder, could Grinderman be the ghost of Elvis in some way. Because my favorite thing about Elvis's story is that he, when he died, he died with like 30 plus pounds of shit in his colon. And there's just something so like creepy about a ghost, like a ghost Elvis coming back and like renaming himself Grinder Man. And, you know sort of possessing Nick Cave to write this album. You know what I mean? Is that super, out, like, is that too out there? Is there something you can get from that? No, I mean, I think Grinder means kind of like the patron saint of a middle-aged rock right. star. And Elvis never wrote his own songs, but Elvis had that, like, comeback where he did all those shows in Las Vegas and he was, like, overweight and, you know, kind of a shell of his exactly. former self. Elvis wasn't writing songs, but like you can imagine if he did, maybe they'd sound like Grinderman. I, I like that idea a lot. And I mean, you know, symbolically, it's like it makes it would make sense that like Nick would allow himself to kind of like give it up to the creative spirit and, you know, embody this new character of Grinderman. And I think that that's kind of what this song is successful at doing is it it kind of feels like he's putting on the suit for the first time, you know? Like, if you look at Grinderman as a whole, as a, just a piece, it feels very, like, exorcism, like, kind of, like, getting out this rage and anger and, and like, it, it doesn't, and it doesn't really feel, like, actually, like, angry, angry. It just feels, like, aggressive. It feels like, you know, it feels like borrowed time. It feels like... You know, I've done all of these things, but I still haven't done enough. And here's something that I have had inside of me for a while. And, you know, trying something new, like anti-boredom, all that stuff. You know, I don't, I don't know what, what it is that made me think this, but you're making me think of... Uh, I've been watching a lot of movies the past couple of weeks. I've had the house to myself. And I watched that Hulu movie, Not Okay. No. Have you heard of it? So it's about this girl who... Uh, she just wants to feel special and 
you know, she fakes on social media that she took this trip to Paris so she can, like, post about it and people will, you know, engage with her. But then this huge terrorist attack happens mm-hmm. in Paris. So her parents call her freak out. She has to go to the airport and pretend like she just got back from Paris and she survived this terrorist attack and she becomes this, like, celebrity for... It's kind of like I that world's think, greatest yeah, dad. I was movie. thinking the same like, thing. It sounds exactly like that. Um, I mean, it's a lot like that. I think it might be better done, but same like cringe kind of humor. I would love if Nick Cave like took the No Pussy Blues model and just like really did a whole like cringe, like male sexual energy album of just like, I want to fuck so bad and here's all the embarrassing things I've done. That'd be, it'd be really cool to get like a, a grinder man retrospective where he like goes through all of these like cringy experiences that he had. Like you said, uh, I think that'd be really cool. I just think I love cringe humor. Like I was, cause it made me think of world's greatest dad so much. And that was sort of the first experience I had. Cause that movie was ahead of yeah. its time. Shout out Bobcat kind of Goldthwaite. That's a great movie. And RIP Robin yeah, Williams. It is. If that movie came out 10 years later, it would have been a class. It would have been so. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like he got kind of blackballed in Hollywood because Bobcat's like really famous, but he's kind of got this like outsider quality that he's never really been able to like lose because he's he was he was a lot like. Well, people treat him like a joke. Yeah. And he's a lot like he he had a, a sense of humor, a lot like Sam Kennison, like a lot of screaming and kind of abrasive humor. Um, but and everything he's worked on has been pretty awesome. I think he did a sh- uh, uh, another one called God Country or something. I can't remember what it's called, but it's about this guy who kind of like just gets really pissed off with like the system and he starts like going to kill politicians. You know, have you seen that one? Uh, no, I haven't seen and it. And he teams up with this like 13 year old girl and they go kill pol- like just, you know, trick politicians into like situations where he can they can kill them. It's it's a really funny premise. Let me see. World's Greatest Dad, in case you haven't seen it, it was one of Robin Williams' last movies. It might have been his last movie. I can't remember. It wasn't his and, last one, because I think his last one was uh, like a Christmas movie with Joel McHale. So his son commits suicide by uh, autoerotic asphyxiation, and his son was kind of like a piece of shit. No one really oh, liked him. And... Robin Williams invents this diary. Like, he makes this fake diary that his son wrote. And in this diary, you know, Robin Williams makes it out like his son was, like, this tortured soul and didn't know how to express himself, but he had all these feelings. And his son becomes, like, a hero Mm -hmm. in death. And this diary, you know, gets passed around, and Robin Williams just has to live with this lie that he's making his son out to be something he's not. And it's a great movie. I don't know why it's not more highly regarded. The movie I was thinking about is uh, God Bless America. God Bless America. God Country is yeah, a comic. Yeah, that's what I got it confused with. Um, it's about a middle-aged man and a teenage girl go on a killing spree after bonding over their disgust of what U.S. culture has become in a post-9-11 world. Pretty funny. Funny concept. It sounds like a good um, movie. I know that the main actor guy, Joel Murray, is like so familiar looking he's just got that look but anyway um world's greatest dad is a great movie and definitely recommended and i think kind of you know in the grinder man mold of humor you know mm-hmm. grinder man great 
It's just a great mood track. Mm-hmm. It's just like, just close your eyes, put mm-hmm. this on, do some drugs in a public bathroom, and you'll be feeling like Grindr. I mean, a note. You're definitely going to just wake up in the middle of the night thinking of glory holes after you listening to this track. You're going to wake up in the middle of the night in the middle of the store at Cracker Barrel. Wondering yeah, how you and know. you're also going to just magically know where all of the types of glory holes are when you wake up in Cracker Barrel. You're going to be like, oh, shit, the one on the gas station does this. You know, the one over by, you know, I-65 by, by the, the checkers, checkers does this. Um, the one in the checkers on uh, Preston Highway. Don't get me started. It's like, um, you know, in the 90s, there was those like sex bracelets where like if you wore different colors, it meant you were into different stuff. Grinder Man has there's different glory holes, and the different glory holes means you you want different things. Everybody, with that, I would like to formally conclude our Grinder Man summer. Uh, we're gonna work on coming up with another residency, some new Nick Cave songs to talk about. Um, Ian and I are excited to see what fall holds. Uh, we got some more stuff. Coming on down the pipeline, uh, Ian is going to be on vacation. He's traveling to Zeltron 9. Um, I don't know what he's going to do there, but I guess him and Zeltron 3030 are supposed to meet up and talk about Dr. Octagon. Um, I wish. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I think we are still trying to roll out the Discord. Not think. I don't think we are. I know we are trying to keep it pretty active in there, posting. Um, We love hearing from people on there. So our Discord link uh, is in our bio and our Instagram page, at JubileeStreetPod. And if you are not sure what Discord is, it's basically like a digital like hangout. Um, You can go there, discuss music that you like, discuss the podcast with us, you know, talk about movies. Um, It's just going to be a cool little community to be a part of. So It's like a big group group text. text. Yeah. so if you're into that, join it. We'd love to have you. Love to hear from you. We do have a mailbag, uh, jubileestreetpod at gmail.com, where uh, you know you guys send us your virtual letters, and um, we respond. It's usually Ian, because he is um, just better about checking those emails. Uh, yeah, so I think that's everything. And then we're on Spotify and Apple, and wherever you are listening to this now, we're really proud of this. And... We also, uh, how, do, how do you guys feel about the theme song? We ha- we've had a theme song for about four episodes now, right? Four or five episodes? Yeah, maybe maybe um, longer than that. You know, I put that together a couple months ago, and it's been really fun hearing that at the beginning of the episode and Ian's, like, little drops that he puts in there. So um, let us know how you feel about that. Write us, message us, say hi. Uh, until then, um, stay frosty, stay horny, and don't forget where the glory holes are. Be Grinderman, live Grinderman, Grinderman summer forever. Consensually. Be consensually Grinderman. Peace out.